0: I believe I've got a word for us today. It comes out of um, our study reading plan that we've been doing. If um, I-, I learned this last week. I, I said it, and I'm going to repeat and then give you a little further instruction. If you'd like a place to read in your Bible along with the whole church, we have a reading plan on our website. Go to liftsby.com. Um, and on the home page, you can scroll down and there's a one-year Bible reading plan. What I failed to, to realize, and, and some of y'all helped me realize this, is if you select, I want to do the digital plan, it like starts you on day one. And, and, and so you're not on the same day as all of us. So what I would encourage is if you like your digital Bible, at least look at the paper one and see what day we are on. Fast forward to that and say, this is where I'm moving on from. Okay, we'll, we'll make that a little less complicated. I think we have an email going out this week to make it a little less complicated. But we are glad you're reading along with us. And today's word was a word I felt like God dropped on me when we were reading just a week ago in the book, of Exodus. And if you've got your Bible, it starts in Exodus chapter 23. I want to set it up for those who might not be familiar with your Bible or maybe this is newer, you haven't been to church in a while. I just want to set it up for you because I love that you chose to be here today. So we're glad that you're here. And in the book of Exodus, God's people, the Israelites, had been enslaved for over 400 years in Egypt. And the book of Exodus is Moses showing up and, and, and facing down pharaoh and delivering the israelites from captivity and bondage it is a picture of what god wants to do for you and i in our bondage to sin and in our captivity to the old life and and jesus shows up like a moses to take us out of the old place and take us into a new land someone say new land, new land. someone say promised land and and, and In this section right here, God is trying to describe what the promised land is going to look like and how you're going to occupy it. And I want this to become a practical application to our life today. In verse 20, it says this. God says, see, I'm sending an angel before you to protect you. How many of y'all are thankful there are angels? Come on. How many of y'all thankful there are angels protecting you? If you are not raising your hand or clapping, you have not yet gotten a revelation of how good God is protecting us in the angelic world, in the spiritual world. The Bible says that angels serve the saints. And the saints aren't just the ones who have become immortalized in, in Catholic churches like I was born and raised to believe where there sculptures of them. No, the Bible says that if you are a follower of God, you are the saints. Come on, New Orleans saints. Give us a quarterback this year. I'm from New Orleans. Don't judge. Don't judge. We are the saints. <laughs> but The Bible says this, that I'm going to send an angel to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. One more time, say promised land. Skipping to verse 29, it says this, God says, I will not drive them out before you in a single year though. So that the land does not become desolate due to lack of attention, (laughs) or or the wild animals of the field do not become too numerous for you, I will drive them out before you. Say the next three words with me. Little by little. Say it again. Little by little until you have increased. Go go ahead and poke your neighbor on the shoulder and say, you're going to increase. And until you are strong enough. Poke your other neighbor and say, you, until you are strong enough to take possession of the land. I will establish your borders. And and something that I do in my own Bible is whenever I read God talking and he says, I will, I underline, I will. Because if he said it will happen, it will be done. Can I get a witness up in here? so in this series called The Argument Hangover, we've tried to tackle some of the most commonly known uh, weapons the enemy uh, uses against us to, to attack marriages, to attack our, uh, our kids and, and our parenting relationship, to, to, to break apart the heart of the father from the son and the son from the father, same for mothers, daughters, and all of the above. Any sort of relationship um, the, the enemy uses, and particularly in marriage um, we've covered th- some of the biggest ones which are communication, generational sin, sexual sin. and today is going to be a message on the what has been the number one cause for divorce in America. We're talking about money. Somebody said money, 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 money. Before you start, Hide in your wallet and wonder, is pastor going to ask me for something? I'm not asking for anything for some, from you. What I desire is something for you. I want the fullness of God for you. But so many of us would, would, would silently feel in a moment like this, pastor, we just strapped. Like I feel financially imprisoned. You might say that, that pastor, I'm so broke that people break into my house and leave me food. You you might be thinking, I'm so broke that when someone stole my identity once, they mailed it back with $5 attached to it. You might be thinking, Pastor, I'm so broke that ducks throw me bread. Or you might be thinking, Pastor, I'm so broke I can't even afford to pay attention this morning. Come on. That is funnier than y'all are laughing. I tried real hard for some of you guys. But I want to be of some help from God's word today, because when I look at the book of Exodus, we see that God has so much in store for his people. He doesn't say, I gave you freedom, hope you figure it out. He doesn't say, I got you out, hope you figure it out. He says, not only did I have freedom that I bought for you, But I've got a land for you too. I've got a land for you to occupy. I've got a place for you. I've got a dwelling. I've got a promised land. And when I look at verse 23 of what we just read, God says, My angel will lead you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites. In other words, there's a lot of ites that he wants to help you occupy. And by the way, it's 6x where you're currently at. Some of us need to realize that our God is trying to say, I've got bigger things for you. It's more than what you've actualized today. I've got a promised land. I I, I, I want it occupied by my people. I want, I, I have some possessions. I want it occupied by my people. I don't want it occupied by enemy territory. I don't want it be, and occupied by people who will waste its potential. I've got six X for you. He's saying that that. I've got something big, and someone say, come on, lead me into that land, pastor. I want to preach a message entitled, Little by Little. Little by Little. And some of you in here might be starting to question right now, well, Pastor Drew, I've heard of this prosperity gospel before. Are you a prosperity gospel preacher? And my answer would be that uh, there is no such thing as a prosperity gospel. There's two gospels. The gospel of materialism which says, get as much as you can, and as much as you can shows how blessed you are and how good your God is, and you can flaunt it in front of everybody else, so acquire stuff and acquire things that make you look good, and we 100% reject the gospel of materialism. But there is also the gospel, and the gospel includes prosperity. The gospel includes a God who says, I don't just bust you out and go, be as poor and broke as possible. I don't have a land for you, but at least people will have you, uh, at least people will talk about you. They ain't going to be talking about you in the right kind of way. What he is saying is, I want to come with you and equip you and give you, by the way, my land, God is saying. Someone say his land. It's all his. It's all his. And so, The word prosperous in our Bible is synonymous with the word blessed, and every single one of us here want to be blessed. You want to be blessed? Go ahead and get me a hand wave right now. Come on. I want to be blessed. The word prosperous or blessed simply means, it's not like you think it means, it means this, living beyond our ability. How many in here know I ain't as good as God has been good to me? Like, I, I, I don't have it all together, I am blessed, I am prospering, I am going beyond my own ability right now. God has been good to me, he has advanced me. It also means to have more than I need. Not all that you need, not all that you want. It means to have more than I need. I, God wants to bring you into a place where you have more than enough that you don't just have what you need. He wants to use you to provide what other people need too. Can I get an amen? amen. So we do have a God who is a father who looks to bless those who will be a blessing to others. When Every time God... Wants to put us in context of relationship. He chooses a family dynamic. And he says, I'm your father. He says, Let me tell you about a parable about a father who had lost their son. And when the son comes home, he doesn't say, You wasted everything else. You now live in poverty for the rest of your life. You now live scr- uh, sc- uh, scrounging the land. That's not the word I want to use, but some of y'all can follow. You know, you're scraping the land. Like, like uh, no, he says, I want to bless you i want to bless you and and when god chooses the 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 relational uh, uh situation of a father he is one who looks to bless those who will be a blessing but in case you're worried about a church that believes in the prosperity gospel it does remind me of one church i once heard about that took prosperity so seriously that they said whoever brings up $1,000 in the offering can pick three hymns for today. And this old lady got up, she brought $1,000 to the front, and she turned around she said, I'll take him, I'll take him, and I'll take him. <laughs> Come on, that's funny, I don't care. I don't care if you think it's funny or not, I think it's funny. <laughs> there will be no such mandate on them. In today's text... When we look at Exodus chapter 23, we truly see the nature of God towards his children. We see how he wants to bless, he wants to he wants to he wants to help them advance. He wants them to find security and he wants them to hear how much he loves them. In fact, in our evening intensive program of our Lyft College, um, we were discussing just this past week that when you look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, the New Testament is the Old Testament concealed. In other words, if you want to hear more about Jesus, when you, when you read your Old Testament, he's in there. It's just concealed. Now, the Old Testament is in the New Testament Revealed. Okay, so what I'm trying to say to you today is when we look at Exodus, we're getting types and shadows of just how good Jesus is to us, just how good our God is to us, just how much he cares. And he tells this story because he is the God who takes us from glory to glory, from strength to strength from two talents to four talents from five talents to ten talents he's the god who takes us from a seed to a tree he's the god who says if you will be planted in my house you will be like a tree next to a river that's going to flourish and produce fruit in every single season never will your limbs go dry if you know that god can you stop and give him some praise with me today But he doesn't say, I want to advance you so you can compare yourself to others. He says, I want, I want to advance you so you can see how, how much I've got in store for you. How much I love you. How much I've given up for you to have this land. And so there's a catch to this kind of generosity. And it doesn't all come overnight. And it doesn't come without personal responsibility. As we look at the book of Exodus, he says, I will not give it all to you overnight. And he says that there are two things that he's looking for when it comes to the advance, advancement. In fact, you might want to write this down. God gives after two conditions are considered from the book of Exodus 23. He says that, number one, he ensures that when I give to you, it won't spoil you. If I give you too much All at once, it might go to your head. You might not understand how to steward it well. You might be in over your head. You might claim you did it all and I've got it from here. And so he says that I will give, but I will not release everything I've got for you all at once. I will give little by little. Say out loud, little by little. Why? Because I don't want it to spoil you. And I don't want it, if it spoils you, then my generosity cursed you. And there's no heart of the Father that says, I'm looking to curse you. I'm looking to cause you to stumble. He says, in fact, I'm so good to you that I'm going to withhold it. Everything I've got promised for you, I'm going to withhold it and I'm going to release it little by little. Faith to faith glory to glory two talents to four five to ten i'm looking for number one to make sure my advancement and increase won't spoil you number two he looks to ensure that we've increased to handle the next increase he literally says if i give it to you all at once These wild animals will go rampant and they'll start attacking you. It'll be more of a headache and more of a curse. He literally says, until you learn to occupy the last land, I'm not releasing the next land. It is up to you to steward it well. It is up to you to manage it. It is up to you to be wise with it. And and, and so God is saying this, that in other words, he ensures the, the increase, he ensures this, and you might want to write it down, that it doesn't curse you and you don't curse it. In Exodus 23, he's saying, I've got a promised land for you, but I've got to make sure it does not curse you. And you do not curse it. And so he releases it little by little. Little, Literally, it's up to you to grow into the first city before the second one will ever be released to you. In fact, write this down. How you handle this increase determines the speed of the next one. God is waiting for us to show this isn't going to go to my head. I'm not going to waste it. I'm not going to be a poor steward of it. And so I, I'm, going to, I, it's not, I'm not going to let it curse me. And also, I'm, I'm not going to be a waste to it. And I'm not, going to, I'm not going to curse it. So how you handle this increase determines the speed of the next one. It reminds me of when we built our house. If you ever had a building project before, you have to secure the capital up front. The capital up front is a large sum of money that everyone has more or less agreed that it's going to cost to produce this type of land, this type of house, this type of estate. God has already secured the whole estate. But when we did a building project before, even though we had the whole promised amount up front, we didn't release the whole promised amount at once once we gave a draw we gave a portion it was an amount that suggested go and start the project and once you say you have run out of money if you have proven to have stewarded that well and when we send an inspector to check your work then we will say great let's move on to the second draw I wonder sometimes if God's not the same way going, I gave you the Amorites, I gave you the Perizzites, but you got stuck at that ice, and I'm waiting for you to to, to say, I'm ready for the third draw. But he does have personal accountability where he says, I'm going to make sure you're occupying it well. I'm going to make sure it's not jacking you up. Your pride's under control. Your your ego is under control. Your your sense of materialism is under control. Will you steward it well? He checks. And the interesting thing is that even though we pre-secured the whole amount, and it was a full reward to every contractor signed on, promised to them, It was up to them to steward the last straw before we'll ever release the next straw. And so if you've done what you said you will do, and if you've done what we have asked you to do, there is more in store for you is what's going on. And in the same way, God is telling his people, you had nothing. You were in captivity. You were in bondage. You were at the bottom of the barrel. But I'm about to take you onto the highest mountain point that there is. You do understand that in Israel, people call Jerusalem the highest place in the world. No, geographically, it is not the highest place in the world. But spiritually, you cannot get any higher. It is where God decided to call his land. It is where God said, I will establish my house. It is where God said, this is my land and I'm going to put my people. And so you've got to understand that when God wants to release his provision... It is God's goodness that does it. And sometimes I wonder if the Israelites had stopped after three or four lands, would they have thought it was God's fault? When God's like, I had six in store for you. Just tell your neighbor right now, he's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. Come on, he's getting quiet up in this church. Help me <laughs> preach today. Because he's waiting on us sometimes where he says, I will release the next when you have been faithful with the first and so let's look at three practices that indicate you're ready for the increase three practices that uh, indicate that you're ready for the increase number one spend less than you make spend less than you make proverbs twenty-one twenty says fools spend whatever they get Literally, as soon as it comes in, it goes out. I got more month than money, Pastor, come on. And, I, 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 you know, we have felt that pressure before. And there's a tendency to, oh, yeah, come on, I, I, I got an advance. It's going to advance my spending. It's going to advance how much I acquire. It's going to advance uh, 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 my persona or the way I, I, I show myself to the world. But let's, let's enjoy spending God gives us plenty of room to do that, but let's spend less than we make. Here's a question I had for you. If you were God and you believed by increasing someone, you'd also be increasing the quantity of sin that they're already in. Would you increase that person? If you knew that if I pour fuel on the fire, I'm only going to increase the fire of of immorality would you say, here, here's more? Like, like, rapidly go into the land of desolation. Rapidly go into the land of sin. No, 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 no. See, see, that's why we have to be careful to, that with our stewardship of what God's given us that we spend less than you make and make sure that you reserve it for some of these other points. When we show maturity to live within our means, it means we're likely able to stu- steward increase in a meaningful way, too. Let me say that again. When we show maturity to live within our means, it means we're likely able to steward increase in a meaningful way too. That when God searches to and fro throughout the earth, searching for a heart that's truly His, searching for who who, who will use this provision to reach my lost people? Who will re- use this provision to sweep for lost coins? Who will use this provision... To welcome home lost sons. And when I look throughout the whole earth, I'm looking for someone who is, who is uh, stewarding what I've given them. And they'll use it in a meaningful way. Someone pray, God, make me someone you trust. I'm sorry, you could have prayed that out loud. I didn't say that very well. That's on me. <laughs> number two. Number two, a second indication that you're ready for an increase is don't spend it all today. Don't spend it all today. This is, this is practical application of biblical content. Proverbs 13, 21 says it this way. Disaster pursues sinners, but prosperity... Oh, this is the gospel, and it uses the word prosperity. Prosperity is the reward of the righteous. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. In other words, I'm thinking down the road. I'm thinking how I can bless people other than just my here and now. I am looking to build an inheritance that will bless my children, my children's children. And by the way, our Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust And how many of y'all know When it rains, it pours Come on We have all been in situations Where the hospital bills are racking up Where, where, where the, the, the automobile, automobile bill Can't say that The car bills <laughs> The car's all jacked up You might go through these seasons And it's not, by the way, an indication That God's left you The pit was never a sign God left you Our boy Daniel was thrown into a pit, and God showed him a way out of it. Our boy Joseph was thrown into a pit, and God prospered him to the second most important, powerful, influential, and fluent man alive. So the pit is not always an indication that I did this, but when we get into the pit, we're going to be thankful that we didn't spend it all yesterday. That we have something to hold on to today. There is an inherent warning that I have to throw into number two. And I wrote it this way. Nest eggs have a tendency to try to replace your God dependency. Let me say that again. Nest eggs have a tendency to try to replace your God dependency. So as you are a wise steward, and when you do save, let it never become your God of protection or security, where you say, oh, bank account, oh, retirement account, you are my safe refuge, whom I run into. No, your accounts will never save you. It's the grace of God that saves you. Can I get an amen? So even when we do save, it is all free game for God, that when God speaks, That we would be wise enough to respond. But sometimes our next nest eggs have a tendency to try to replace your God dependency. We start thinking, look how wise I am. Like King Nebuchadnezzar, we walk out and say, look how hard I've worked. Look how much respect I deserve. Look, at least I'm not foolish. At least I'm just so proud. No, 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 no. That's exactly what we have become in that moment. Proud. And the Bible says it this way in Proverbs 18. The rich think. Their money is a wall of protection. Pride leads to destruction. Humility leads to honor. I think it's no coincidence that sometimes in the book of Proverbs there are these one off nuggets of wisdom. I think it's no coincidence these two get coupled together. Your money can sometimes make you think you're impenetrable. But no 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 no. Pride leads to destruction, humility leads to honor. So and then number 3 is this. Spend beyond just yourself. So number 1, spend less than you make. Number 2, don't spend it all today. Number 3, spend beyond just yourself. Proverbs 11:24 says, "The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller." Here's one more question I put together. If you were God, and you knew giving more to one would only turn into selfish ambition at a much higher level, would you give it to them? God's literally saying, I got six XO Israelites. I got six times your current position. But if I give it to you all at once, it'll go to your head. And you'll start walking around thinking, you did this, you've earned this. No, 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 no. See, living beyond just yourself he is literally like, how are you going to occupy that land? And how are you going to use your blessing to be a blessing to, to God and to your neighbor? One time Jesus was asked, hey, could you sum up the gospel in just two commands? Tens too many, hundreds and hundreds are too many. He said, sure, love your God with all your heart. Mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So if we want to live by God's values, if we have died to self, our values should look like his values. So living beyond ourselves says, I want to love my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I want to love my somebody say neighbor as myself. That means I don't spend it all on myself. I spend it on my values and what God's telling me. It would be harmful to release more to us if we haven't learned that blessing is to bless others too. Remember, God doesn't want it to curse you or you to curse it. So if God's withholding a portion, it's because he might think that this could cause harm to us. Malachi 3.8 says it this way. You people are robbing me, your God, and you, here you are asking, how are we robbing you? You are robbing me of the offerings and of the 10% that belongs to me. That's why your whole nation is under, uh, say the last word with me, curse. I didn't want what I gave you to curse you. But you're not stewarding what I've given you well, and it's cursing you, not blessing you. So before I can release an increase to you, I need you to get first things first, first. Then, listen to the next part of scripture. Then, bring the entire 10% into the storehouse so that there is food in my house. There it is again. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Think about what he's thinking about. Love what he's loving. And then I will open the windows of heaven and flood you with blessing after blessing. Someone say blessing after blessing. Someone say little by little. Someone say strength to strength. Someone say glory to glory. Two to four and five to ten. Come on. God is the God who says, I've got so much in store for you. But I don't do it without personal responsibility. You have a part to play in it too and i've got good things for you so beyond ourselves means to tithe and to give offerings what does the word tithe means tithe means 10% it means God gave me 100%, and I'm going to restore 10% back to Him. I'm just going to give it back to what He cares about, and I'm going to believe He'll multiply it. Beyond that, and I'm not going to camp out there today. Beyond that, there's offerings. So offerings is when we give above and beyond 10%. According to the Bible, generosity doesn't even start until 10.01%. Because 10% is what I expected That's the bare minimum. That was just you showing you trust me, you believe it all comes from me, and you can handle my 90. And by the way, if you've been in that jam like I talked about, I'm so broke I can't even afford to pay attention right now. That was my first conversation to God when I tried to tithe. I said, God, you know the the numbers don't work. This won't make any sense. God said, test me. Try me. And I remember when I went all in with God and I remember that he ended up increasing my land little by little it actually caused me to release old lands like old sinful lands metaphorically I was releasing old jobs I was releasing old, old paychecks I was releasing old I'm depending on use and I went all in with I'm depending on use <laughs> he's not plural I just it's bad grammar But when we go all in with him, we do that. But then it goes beyond that, generosity to others. Buy dinner for someone else and see how it doesn't bless them. If you can't can't afford that, that's cool, buy someone else coffee. You know, one of the things we do is we provide these invite cards. Maybe you want to tie it to God's love for them. And so buy the coffee for the person in the drive-through line who's behind you and leave a card that says, theirs is on me, give them this card whenever. And it just says, come sit with me. It's an invite to get to know the God who is generous to me, and he's calling me to be generous to others too. Give an unexpected gift. Bless a single mom. Go out of your way. Some of our funnest parts of our budget, my wife and I, is so that we don't have an argument hangover on finances. We've agreed we will give the 10%, and there is no debate about that. And so we, we assign that first. But then, one of the funnest things we've done in the last two years is we've created a small margin of above and beyond. We call it generosity. And right now, it's not as big as we want it to be. But we're not going to make an excuse for when it becomes hundreds of dollars and thousands of dollars, we'll start being generous. No, we're going to start right now. And so we have a small allowance, a small portion that we've already agreed we will be generous with this above and beyond. And so my wife and I will constantly know it's there. So at any point of the month, we hear of a need, we can go, hey, I know how I want to use that today. We're like, come on, come on. That's going to be good. That's going to be good. And so we've just started having a portion that is just above and beyond just to bless people whenever God puts it on our heart to give. Some of y'all are already doing that, and I've and i I've seen you do it. So instead of making, um, I wrote this and I'll finish. So often we think money will make us happy. Stats after stats say That never before has our world been more materialistic in America than any other time. In fact, college studies show that 50 years ago, if you ask people what they were looking forward to, they were looking forward to doing the job and then secondary, making money. If you ask college students today, it is, I'm looking forward to making money. And so, but as monetary increases have gone up in our land, depression's gone up. Anxiety is going up in our land Because there's a false promise with money that if I have more of it, I will be happy. It's alive from the pit of hell. Social stats will show you that beyond your basic financial needs, I'm talking about, you know, just electricity and deodorant. That's a basic need, y'all. That's a basic need. I just did a public service announcement. Beyond your basic needs, more money will not make you happier. Stats show it is more likely to decrease your happiness because it becomes keeping up with the Joneses, and it becomes showing off or, or making an impression that I want to make. It's actually more money will not make you happy. Exchanging it for things that have meaning will make you happy. That can be sitting with a young couple and taking them to lunch I remember how broke we were when we just got married, and, and someone invested in us. There's a, there's a member of this church who, 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 who brings their family to lunch afterward just so that they can connect and talk Christianity. There's members of this church who's brought people on vacation before because they thought maybe they were isolated or they didn't have the family support around them. You can not, money won't make you happy, but using it For things with real meaning, that can make happiness. Does that make sense? And we get caught in the rat race all day long. If I make more money, I'm going to be happy. It's a lie. If I use money on things with meaning, that will make my life happy. Amen? And that doesn't matter if you got a lot or you got a little. You can start right there. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is Jesus says, One day, and this is kind of odd. You ever ever heard those Bible stories that you think, I'm going to ask questions about that one day. Jesus is watching people give their offering. You read your Bible. He's literally going, okay, I see, I see. All right. It's like, man, we don't watch here, guys. (laughs) We're not going, hey, come on. We're not that. Jesus watched, and he said, the woman who seemingly gave the least in here." was a widow who gave two mites. And by the way, she's been the most generous person in the whole lot. In other words, it ain't about the amount. It's about the heart. Amen? I have a feeling that God provided for that widow. I just said, that's just his nature. I I just got a strong suspicion. Because when God, God's moved by hunger. God's moved by honor. And so today... I want to step in little by little into, I'll read it again. I will drive them out before you little by little until you have increased. Until you are strong enough to take possession of the whole land. God wants to. He desires to. But it's up to us to fill the land He's given us before He releases the next one. Amen. Father, I pray over your people today. This was more of a teaching. This was more of a logistics. This was more of stewardship today. And so, Father, I pray that you put proper application into our lives today. Not so that we get rich. Not so that we think we're we're something. Not, this is not an esteem thing. This is not an ego thing. This is not a comparison thing. Father, do not let the enemy try to rob us of your true teaching. But at the same time, don't let it rob us that, God, you're a God of the increase and you've got a promised land for. Let us not stop three cities into it and think that there's all this is all that it is. Help us become strong and increase into your land as you release another. And when you do, let it build the kingdom of God even bigger. It's not about building my house bigger. It's about building your house bigger in Jesus' name. And so, Father, I pray over your people. Teach us to occupy the land you've given us. I pray the prayer of Jabez. Oh, that you would bless them that you would enlarge their territory. Let your hand be with them and keep us from the evil one. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head still bowed, every eye still closed, if you're far from God today, then you have not yet realized that God, he's the God of the breakthrough. If you're far from God, I just wish you had the assurance that I have today. Because I have the assurance even when I'm a pit, when, even when I'm in a pit, he knows how to get me out of it. And I, I have the assurance that God will not leave me where he left me, for he will finish what he started. And if you're in this place today and you haven't gotten close to God, today's your day. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. I'm not going to call you forward or embarrass you, but I don't want you to be embarrassed right now to say, I'm going all in and I'm giving my life to him. If that's you, just quickly raise your hand high, and I'm going to pray for you in just a minute. I see hands, I see hands all over the Thank you, thank you. If you're online, I want to pray for you too. right in the chat, I'm in. And come on, all the church is going to pray a prayer out loud along with you. Repeat out as loud as you can. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I know I'm a sinner. I've made many mistakes. And I ask you to forgive me for them now. Let me start all over again. Because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. I am a new person today, forgiven because of you, Jesus. Thank you. I honor you, and I want to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church said amen and amen. Come on, give somebody a shout of praise.